Coming up, Ensign Boimler decides to become a bolder, less calculated version of himself. From now on, the new plan is say yes to everything. But will his new attitude ship get him killed? Captain, you gotta help me. I'm being hunted. Also, tensions rise between Mariner and her new handler, Commander Ransom. We should be down there, and they should be up here. Arguing with your commanding officer isn't gonna get the job done any sooner. Will her brazen attitude get her kicked off the Cerritos? All this and more coming up on the Lower Decks edition of Energize. 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 We're satirically going into the uncharted regions of the Star Trek universe. You're listening to Energize, a Star Trek Lower Decks edition podcast. Your source for hilarious analysis, colorful debate, and fun discussions about adventures of Ensign Beckett Mariner and the USS Cerritos Lower Decks crew. I'm your host, Anthony McLemore. And I'm Steve Truitt. This week, Bormler literally becomes hunted prey aboard the Cerritos, while Mariner is pushed to the limit by Commander Ransom. Will Bormler live to become a more confident officer? Will Mariner strangle Ransom? Here's a warp speed recap of Star Trek Lord Decks Episode 2, The Least Dangerous Game. I can't believe this. Every single thing I do is calculated to help me make captain one day. When you get rid of the plan, you leave room for good things. From now on, the new plan is say yes to everything. No matter what. I am Cratch. My species has an undeniable natural urge to hunt. Would either of you be willing to be hunted? I'm going to say yes to the hunted. When does the hunt start? It already has. Captain, you gotta help me. I'm being hunted. Ensign, we have to respect his culture. Hey. Oh, he's good. You better run. Ah! Oh, no, 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 no. I didn't say you could kill me. Stop, please. All right, Steve. So this episode was actually pretty hilarious. Yeah. It had a mixture of Dungeons and Dragons right. meets Predator. Uh, it, was, <laughs> it was pretty funny. Yeah, and I, and I like how, you know, even with this comedy version of Star Trek, Everything still tracks from beginning to end. We open up with this game that they're playing. We'll get into that in a second. And it ends up kind of being a real-life game for Boimler, which I just think is is really terrific. How many soldiers of the Klingon Empire will be proving their Tonooch? Four. I heard four. And so begins the greatest adventure of your life. So uh, Mariner and the Lordex crew are playing like a Dungeons and Dragons like interactive board yeah. game, yeah. and the the star of the board game is actually a Klingon. So we start off with this Klingon talking, and I'm like, okay, what's happening here? Yeah, is there, right. are they in a Klingon battle? And then we realize that it's actually an interactive game that they're playing, and it has the voice of J.G. Hertzier, if yeah. I'm pronouncing his name right, who was reprising his role as uh, Martok from yeah. Deep Space Nine. In in a, in a comical way, right? He's really getting into it, being being the typical Klingon. Uh, the first thing I was just happy to see Klingons, whether it be yeah. in a board game version or not. I mean, I was excited. I was hoping that this was like real life if they were going into a battle. But I'll take Martok in board game form uh, anyway. Um, 
But th- but and what they're doing here with Martok is they're bringing us back to Deep Space Nine Klingons, TOS, not TOS Klingons, you know, uh, Next Generation Klingons, not Discovery Klingons, which, you know, season one had no hair. And then after that, they just really looked freakish. Yeah, yeah. So uh, back to the classics. But they're all sitting yeah. there playing. They're all sitting there playing this board game, and Mariner's complaining because, as we know, at the end of last episode, after after she went rogue and stole the Cerritos, her mom put Commander Ransom in charge of her. So she's sitting there complaining about the fact that Ransom's really riding her hard, which you know she deserved. Yeah, she got that. Just I mean, she's and look, that's that's not one time. That's two and a half seasons or two seasons of her just being a rebel. And, you know, you wonder if it's because it's her makeup or is it because her mom is the boss? Well, now we find out it's because it's who she is because now she's got this new commander and she's still, you know, she's trying to be good. She's trying to keep herself, you know, uh, uh, in line. But we see much later that, you know, it doesn't always work out that way for her. Yeah. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm excited because this opens up a new new chapter. You know, Ransom's in charge of her. So that's going to open the door for a lot of new shenanigans. But how is it going to play out? Because basically her mom gave her this last chance. This is this is it for her. So it's going to she's going to have to shape up in some way. Yeah. And I, I think she will, uh, obviously, because she's the main character and, and I don't see her leaving the Cerritos. I mean, the Cerritos is as much uh, a character as as anything else. But, um, <clears throat> you know, she, when she's immediately beckoned by Ransom, she's, you know, she's immediately def- defiant and says, I, it's an hour away. I don't have to show up for an hour and he's like, hurry up, you're almost late for being early, which I, I thought was just such a great line. He's really going to ride her. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's good. He's going to push her. He's going to push her to test her, for sure. Yeah, and the thing about Ransom is he's like 100% all in. He's like always super gung-ho. He does everything everything yeah. to a level 10. Uh, it it yeah. just, everything, it's just, he's just, the energy that he gives off is just like, rah! That's, that's him all the time. Yeah. What did the What did the friends say when she took off? Didn't they say that, like, this is good for her. She needs this. Yes, yes. And and I think they realize, too, they, they're they her friends. They know that while they, they love her, you know, her friendship, how she how she goes through being a, being a, aboard the Cerritos, uh, they know that she pushes it way over the line and that probably she needs to be reined in. Which is kind of what we're going to start to see here. And like you said, I think this is going to last a while. I think... Uh... If this isn't a one-off show with Ransom and, and Mariner, this is going to be a really fun, different dynamic. Did you know that Vendome staffed his whole bridge crew with bullions? Ooh, I didn't, but that's really cool. I know, right? <sighs> no matter how careful I am, no matter how hard I try, I feel like I'm going to be an ensign for the rest of my life. Again, if planning and trying aren't working, maybe don't do that. You sound like Mariner. Well, look at me. It wasn't my plan to get into senior science officer training. It just happened. And now I've got so much new stuff to study and I'm loving it. That could be you if you tried something new. Okay, so Ransom calls Mariner to duty because she has work that needs to be done. And so we're left with Rutherford, Tindy, and Boimler. And they had this discussion about a former crewmate who is now serving on the Inglewood. <laughs> My gosh. <laughs> so great. Pick that up immediately. Yeah. So so what's, what, I'm going to take a, I'm a sidebar here. So as you know, as many, as many of you might know, that all of these ship names are basically areas in California. And um, Cerritos is a California-class ship. So this, this other guy's on the, the Inglewood. And for us who live in uh, Los Angeles, Cerritos is... Uh, 
is famous for their auto mall, and they always have a jingle. Cerritos Auto Square. Yes. And so it's always a laugh for people who live in SoCal, sure. because, uh, as we do, because every time you think of Cerritos, you only think of the auto mall. So the fact that this, this other character that used to serve in Cerritos is now in the Inglewood, which is where SoFi Stadium is, is just is an, a, another inside joke to people who are in the know. And it's another nod to <clears throat> the Cerritos' status within Star Trek. It's not even a Los Angeles-class ship, which exists. It's a California-class ship. I don't know if that's a slam on California. But, you know, the Cerritos is the red-headed stepchild of Starfleet. And it seems now that these California-class ships are probably the same. And because they're not picking, like, the San Francisco, the Sacramento, the San Diego, it's Englewood, which, you know, before SoFi Stadium was just a racetrack and not a nice one. Um, so this is definitely a slam. And Cerritos, it's an, I, you know, God bless people that live there, but it's really just known for that auto square. Uh, yes, yes, yes. So Wormler isn't buying the fact that Vindum, uh, was is his name, is now a captain yeah. on the Inglewood. And he's try, he's questioning, how did this guy who used to be timid and kind of a goofball rise to the ranks of captain so fast? Right, and, and you know, he's, he's, he's comparing it to himself, right? Like... He's starting to think, well, okay, everything I've done my whole life, you know, has it, it hasn't led up to me being captain. I've got a dream of being captain, but he realizes he hasn't really done anything. He hasn't positioned himself uh, like the other guy did. Uh, yeah, and and as uh, fans of Lord Dex know, Boimler has always been calculated. He's actually kind of a bit of a brown noser, but he does he doesn't step outside of himself. He only does everything that he thinks is going to. Uh, elevate him and move move himself up in position and rank, uh, but it, it just doesn't work because he, it, it comes across at least to me phony. Right. I mean, take that back to you know going on the uh, Titan with Riker, right? He jumps on there before he even thinks about what it's going to do, and what he realizes when he gets there is it's real. And I don't think that he is cut out to be. Uh, a part of the elite class. I don't, I don't myself personally, I don't see him as captain, maybe two or three years into this series from now, somehow miraculously, he falls ass backwards into the captain's chair. Uh, but it won't be because, you know, he's, he's figured out the true calculation. Like I mentioned last week, I don't think these characters are born to win. And that's, what's so beautiful about them is that they're just kind of stuck in Cerritos purgatory in a way. It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. And it's so funny as they're having this discussion, the board game, I'm going to call him Board Game Martok. Board Game Martok is chastising him for playing it safe, which I thought was freaking hilarious. Yeah, it was truly interactive, which was great. What the hell even is this? I hope you're 21. Being careful now to 22. Misalign the dampeners, 23. Are you really lifting right now? <laughs> I'd barely call this lifting. Oh, yeah. You know, two people working on this would get it done so much faster. You know, like two engineer type people. Uh, can an engineer do that? Uh, yeah, with a step stool. So meanwhile, Mariner and Ransom have to go down to this planet. They The, the planet doesn't have the ability to beam because of some kind of um, atmospheric infer- uh, interference. Uh, so they have these things these things called orbital lifts. Right. So basically a glorified you know planetary elevator that lifts you from the planet's surface up to uh, a spot where you can 
uh, beam out. So she's stuck to this dude. Yeah, it, it, but the thing I love about the orbital lift and, and virtually everything in Star Trek from 1966 to now is virtually everything is based in reality. The orbital lift is not a new idea. This has been around. NASA thought about it. Instead of having to launch payload you know, with fuel and a rocket, what if we just took it on an elevator and threw it into orbit? Um, so I, I like that. And, of course, it kind of had shades of that drill from the um, Nero ship on Star Trek 2009. It kind of looked the same. Um, so I just, I, I like that. I like that uh, that they stick to that kind of science. Billups to Commander Ransom, come in. How's it going down there, Billups? <laughs> I'll tell you, these Delanians are a friendly people. You know they kiss instead of shaking hands? With tongue! Yeah, with tongue! Oh, <laughs> control yourself, Andy. We wouldn't want you to accidentally become a king down there. The inhabitants of this planet, the Danulians, uh, they're like a society that's uh, you know focused on physical fitness. And, and I was like, <laughs> wait a minute, isn't that a nod to a Next Generation episode? Yes. When Wesley went down and they're all running around in those ridiculous costumes and they're just beautiful and everything's happy and he's playing ball with another kid and he accidentally falls through a a small barrier, which is easily broken, into a plant garden and he's suddenly, you know, tried for murder or not tried for murder, excuse me. He's suddenly uh, sentenced to death because the law's there. Say, you mess with our anything, you break our laws, and you die. And Picard's, you know, defense of Wesley is, well, we don't know those laws. And their response is, well, ignorance of the law is no excuse. And that's what set up that episode. Uh, yeah, so it was it was a funny nod. So, you know, Mariner, uh, so Mariner's there, uh, Rutherford, who <laughs> works in engineering. And I'm, I'm going to call him Engineer Andy. <laughs> Engineer yeah. Andy is there. And so they're, with they're the supposed mustache. to... With the mustache, I love him. Yeah, with the mustache. So they're supposed to, to fix the, the lift. So Mariner's really interested in going down to the planet because of course everybody down there's hot but you know ransom is riding her ass you know it's not a big deal to admit that we should be down there and they should be up here starfleet isn't all about being fed fruit by erotic aliens with slightly different nose ridges sometimes you gotta get your hands dirty engineers would have been done with this hours ago arguing with your commanding officer isn't going to get the job done any sooner this is a good test for Mariner. This is what I love about the character is she knows she's up against it. She knows she's got to respond to Ransom, do what he says. But she also knows inherently this is ridiculous that we're up here fixing something we don't know how to fix. And they're down there, you know, eating grapes. When they should be here fixing something, they could do it in 10 minutes and we should be down there doing diplomacy. You start to think, well, what's Ransom doing? Because he keeps defending himself, saying, we're going to do this. We could do it. Come on, let's go. Yeah. And so she's she's just beside herself. She's like, why are we doing this? And so, um, you know, Rutherford and engineer Andy are are down on the planet having a good old time. And and I love I love the line uh, where he says, you know, not all shore leave is hanging out and eating grapes with humanoids that have different ridges in their nose. Yes, which is a, a very good nod to... Uh, the Star Trek universe, Absolutely. because especially during the Next Generation era, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, different races just had basically different bridges to their nose and a couple of forehead uh, changes and a hairline, and That's then they it. were aliens. That's the 80s for you, late 80s. You were totally right earlier. I've been saying yes to everything today, going way outside my comfort zone, and so far Shaq says he owes me a favor, I'm not afraid of Chief Lundy anymore. It's just been a really great day. Oh, I love that for you, Boims. See, when you get rid of the plan, you leave room for good things. So back on the ship, 
Boimler is still like really dejected by the fact that the former crew member Vandom is now captain, and he thinks that you know no matter how hard he works, um, he's never he's never going to excel. So there's he's sitting at the bar with Tindy, and um, I like this scene for a lot of reasons. First, some of the beautiful people are walking around; they've been rescued, or at least uh, they're held on the Cerritos until the uh, lift gets fixed, and. And um, she says, you know, Tindy says to Boimler, well, listen, you know, it's, you know, and, and I'm a whole Seinfeld fan, too. So any Seinfeld fans out there, it's like when George did Opposite Day and he ended up getting a job at the Yankees uh, because he yelled at George Steinbrenner. Uh, you know, Tindy says, listen, if this approach isn't working, maybe you should just try something else. She even reminds him it wasn't her plan to work in science, but she loves it right and it keeps her open to new things and that kind of sparks something in boimler and this is realized when um one of the other officers comes in and asks him to play spring ball and then he immediately declines it and is dismissive right. of it and then you know tindy gets in his face and says and reminds him that you know look vendum excelled he became captain and that's when he has his turnaround and agrees to play and so there he yeah. goes. Um, so it's spring ball. And then when he and, and he gets, we see a little bit later, you know, in the court, he's just getting the crap beat out of him, um, getting knocked over and <clears throat> screaming while he's getting knocked over. And you think, well, he'll he'll quit now. And that'll be the end of, of spring ball uh, until uh, Lieutenant Shacks, um, who's an extreme character, as you point out all the time says to him, hey, listen, I really like the way you screamed out there. Do you want to join our choir? Which I thought was such a fantastic pivot. It was so funny. The last thing I expected, I think it's the last thing Boiler, Boiler expected. Like, he probably thought he was going to get teased and harangued for it. Yeah, it was completely, like, out of left field and random, you know, because, you know, yeah, so Lieutenant Shacks is extreme. I mean, you've seen him sacrifice yeah. himself. <laughs> blow himself he's, up. He's already died once, yeah. <laughs> he's right. already died once and he's come back, which we still don't yeah. understand how without any explanation which i just love i yeah. still love it yeah it was a great homage we just don't talk about it <laughs> yeah. yeah that's right and so you know Borbler agrees yeah. and next thing you know we find him you know screaming and crying as part of this bajoran-esque you know choir, the choir. which also to me I, I I see, like I said, I, and I've, I admit this fully, I was never really a fully Deep Space Nine fan, so I don't know a lot about Bajorans from Kira, but I do know that there's like Primal Scream in their past, I assume, and that's why that was there, so that just, it's just another great nod, and he was great, and at the end of it, when they're done, everyone's crying. From now on, the new plan is say yes to everything. But that's uh, still a plan. How about just no plan? Nope. Today, I am a new Boimler. A bold Boimler. And the next person who asks me to do something, I'm saying yes no matter what. Excuse me. <laughs> I am Crunch. Would either of you be willing to... <laughs> be willing to be hunted? <laughs> Thank you. Maybe you should see if Dr. Ta'ana can help you out in sickbay. Wait, uh, Mr. Cranch? I'm gonna say yes to the hunted. To, to being hunted. Uh, uh, just because you said you were going to say yes to the next person who asked you to do something doesn't mean you have to do this. So we go back to the ship now. <clears throat> Boimler, Boimler's back with Tindy, and, and he's like, this is great. Thanks for the advice. Uh, I, you know, I've done all these great things. I've, I've, I've made contacts. 
and he declares himself a new and improved Boimler. And of course, anytime anyone, the pendulum swings too far to the left or too far to the right, something's going to go wrong. And so, you know, we just know this can't possibly go right for Boimler because he he doesn't know he's not doing anything in moderation. Right. He's going to say yes to everything now. Because this is what these characters do. They always take something and ruin it or mess it up. Um, <clears throat> so uh, the, the guy's name was Cranch? Or cr- it was yeah, it's Cranch. Cranch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, I mean, first of all, I mean, the character named Cranch. I mean, yeah. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> you, can't, you can't lose with that. He's, you know, he's, he's a 10-foot tall, giant, he looks like a flea that, you know, got in trouble with, you know, gamma rays. He's just this giant black menace. Uh, and like you said before, a little bit of uh, predator. You know, he's just got these gnarly teeth and he's just like, hey, <laughs> I'm stuck on this. I'm stuck here. And it's my uh, alien. It's my alien. It's in my code to hunt every so often. And I can't get down to the surface to hunt and I must hunt. So, boom, what happens? Oh, he literally asked Boimler, hey, would you like to participate in my hunt? <laughs> Tindy goes, I'm okay, no thanks. <laughs> As either of us would have done, because I'm like looking at this men- menacing dude, I don't want to go hunting with him, there's no freaking way. Yeah, I'm like, I'm good, I'm okay, I'm good, no thanks. But of course, Boimler is the new and improved Boimler, so Boimler says yes. Right, he's, he's still a yes, that's great. Um, so... <laughs> To to mark him as prey, Cranch takes out one of his teeth and and scrawls his green blood across the top of his forehead and says, You're my prey. The hunt starts in an hour. Um And, and I'm it, just like, oh my gosh, yeah. is this real? Is this really gonna happen? Yeah. Is this predator aboard the Cerritos? Yeah, and he's there and and off he off he goes to get ready for this hunt. And Boimler's like, uh, uh. <laughs> it's great. And Tindy's like, run, Boimler, you got an hour. So what do you think is going to happen here? When I mean, At this point, how do you think this is going to play out? Well, because I have no clue. Uh, predator aboard the Enterprise? I mean, uh, Predator aboard the Cerritos? Yeah, I think I, I was, I, I, I couldn't possibly forecast it. I was just so curious. Like, where does he hide? Now, he knows the ship and Cranch doesn't, so he has... Lots of places he can hide. He knows where he can run. But is he really prey or is it some kind of board game to cranch? Maybe it's something fun, right? We don't know. So is this life and death? Is this, you know, are you my prey to the hunt, you know, in some virtual world? We just don't know. Phillips, these space elevators use Federation standard measurements, right? Uh, we've run into a little bit of a diplomacy problem down here. <gasps> you dare enter the sacred hall without an exposed navel? So maybe, sir, you could uh, come down here and help smooth things out. That would be great. Ha! I knew it. All right, let's go. No can do, Billups. What? We still have work to do up here. Show them your belly buttons. You'll be fine. We tried that, and it just made them angrier. So uh, back on the orbital elevator, you know, Ransom, you know, he's a bit of a dumbass. He's looking at a tutorial video for for doing the work that the engineer is supposed to be doing. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's classic. It's classic Ransom. Yeah, and he's like, I got this. I could do this. And, of course, poor Mariner is just, she's just had enough. But... Right in the middle of all of that comes <laughs> another communique from the surface, but this time it's a problem. They've run into a problem, um, and this goes back to that next generation Wesley Crusher accidentally crashing into a, a pile of flowers. In this case, 
they went into the sacred temple without exposing his navel, which apparently to the locals is a sin. <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious, yeah. you know, because you, you would think that they committed murder yeah. or desecrated <clears throat> a statue. No, they just walked in and didn't yeah. expose their navel. So, okay, so Ransom's like, well, just expose your navel. <laughs> and they're running, by the way. Yeah, it's just, it's just blowing, <laughs> he's just blowing things off. Yeah, 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 just do do whatever they tell right. you to do. Expose you need to navel, respect all cultures. And, cultures. Yeah, yeah, and these these guys are not diplomats. They're, they're engineers. They don't know what they're doing. And Mariner's like, let me get down there. I know I can help. I can help. I can help. I can help. And he, he, she's like, they should be yep. helping. Uh, hello, Mr. Cranch, sir? What do you want, Prey? When does the hunt start? It already has. <laughs> Someone's trying to kill me! <laughs> <laughs> Boimler, who's realized maybe this isn't what I should be doing here in terms of being prey, he goes to Cranch's quarters to appeal to him. No. <laughs> and say, like, hey, listen, uh, <laughs> kind of like my question, by, you know, being prey, uh, do you mean like actual prey or like am I a metaphor? And then Cranch describes the two types of prey. Oh, it, I, I love Actually, this. He's uh, the three types, the three types. Yes. One. It's immobilized by fear. The second type of prey scurries away to hide, delaying the inevitable. And three is a winged lizard. A creature. I, I yeah, just thought like, that was irrelevant. Yeah. Funny. So he's like, it's time. Let's go. And Boimler's like, yeah. So Cranch, you know, I think he does something else with his teeth. <laughs> he's got blood on his, or red something on his face. And he just starts there. And the chase is on. Um, and it's serious. But like I mentioned before, he, at least Boimler knows where to go, and I think that's his advantage at this yeah, point. Yeah, so now, now this the, the episode goes nuts because you know Boimler's being chased all around the ship, and everybody else just seems to you know <laughs> just kind of watch it happen. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? And because we you know we have no clue how this is going to play out, and so I'm just cracking up. I mean, Boimler is on the run. Sir, we could really use your help. The Delanian saw that Lieutenant Billups had an Audi and now he's being sacrificed to Morgo, which I think is a sentient volcano. No! Uh, just demand to parlay with their leader and explain they cannot sacrifice Mr. Billups, okay? Straight spine. Speak from the diaphragm. Right. Okay. So let's go back to the orbital lift now. Um, another message from Rutherford and something, you know, it's a new twist. Andy apparently has a navel that's an Audi. And he's the one that's about to be sacrificed. Ransom keeps throwing useless advice. Just like, well, just tell him to not worry about it. And to tell him that you're nice guys. And he's just completely, he doesn't care. He's not, he's not really sweating this very much. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just loving each uh, escalation. You know, I have an Audi navel instead of an innie. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mean, that that's going to determine yeah. <laughs> the whole situation here. Yeah, uh, yeah. and it, 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 it is funny because every new communication from them is more dire. Ugh, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it. I don't care. I don't care. All What's up, sir? Mariner, I was, uh, what's that sound? Is that wind? I, I, uh, I had to open up an exterior pressure conduit. Oh. All right, the old pressure conduit. Well, I've been doing some thinking, and you were right. 
I was going out of my way to try to prove that you would disobey my orders if you felt you knew better. It's at this point that Mariner has just, she's had enough. She, in my opinion, obviously, is even more of a leader than Ransom is because she first understands who should be doing which duties and two, that there's real peril here and something needs to be done. Yeah, so, you know, so Mariner you know, falls back into true form. And, and like you said, takes matters into her own hands and she gets a spacesuit because you can't beam down. And she goes 2009 J.J. Abrams Star Trek and takes the dive. So another nod to um, a Star Trek film or television series. Which was one of my favorite parts of the 2009 Star Trek was that dive. Same suit, same look, even though it's a lift, not a drill. Uh, I was thrilled. I was thrilled to see her do this. And the best part about it, obviously, is right in the middle of it, as she's going to be the hero and go down and save those guys, Ransom just, you know, Reaches out yeah, to her. Yeah, calls her. Hey, so, um, you know, you know, kind of want to apologize, you know, blah, blah, blah. You've been doing a really great job. And I mean, classic. I mean, it was spot yeah. on, you know. She's like, hey, so what are you doing? Uh, That's great. Nothing. What is that? It sounds like wind. Anyway, listen, those engineers are in way over their heads. It's time for us to go save their butts. I'll come meet you in Section 8. What? Uh, huh? You okay? I, I, I was just saying, yeah, sounds good, sir. Oh my goodness! I mean, this this is totally great. Uh, what, what what does she say? What does she say? He's like, what is that? It sounds like wind. And she's like, oh, I'm just standing next to a something or other. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I just I thought it was perfect. It was it, you know spot on, right at the right yeah. time. And so now she's got to abort, and you know, and yeah, it pulls, pulls the, the shoot just like in the movie. Kind of somewhat injures herself, and then you know, boom! <laughs> now she's got to you know climb the stairs. And yeah, because the lift is. Broken broken right so she looks up and she realizes how far she look how far did she drop it must have been a mile right who knows half a mile uh so yeah that's her that's her nightmare she's got to get back up before ransom realizes that she's gone oh yeah she, she's in trouble so she's got to get up there because you know she's going to ruin her image her new image that you know ransom has of her as somebody who's actually compliant for a change and so well we're going to see how that plays out later but back on the ship we're back in the hunt because now i'm, I'm just like all in now because i'm i want to see how this is going to play out is this is cranch going to kill him <laughs> And the proud soldier of the Klingon Empire! Shut up! Stupid Ferengi program! Warrior, fight to the last breath! <laughs> Easy for you to say. I'm not a Klingon. I, I, I tried to be bold today, but I just ended up as prey. The only way you can lose now is by letting your foe define who you are. Never back down! Never cower! He is running all over the place, and he goes into one of the hangar bays and accidentally activates Martok, yep. game board Martok. Who says, fight to your last breath. The only way to lose is to let your foe define you. I mean, these are all great, you know, great words that inspire. Yeah, and he even says, never back down, never cower, which is not stolen from Galaxy Quest, Never Give Up, Never Surrender, however it made me think. Yeah, so I'm just like, okay, uh, how, you know, what's going to happen next? So Boimler is, like, inspired. Now, all of a sudden, he's, uh, for lack of a better word, getting yeah. involved. And he, you know, he stands up, grabs a weapon, grabs some dirt or muck or grime and puts it across his face, and now he decides he's going to turn the tables and become the hunter, not the hunted. 
And I loved it. I didn't see that coming. No, no, not at all. And, you know, and he's doing this whole exposition, you know. <laughs> I'm yeah. going, you know, yeah, you're right. stating, stating what he's going to do. And then right as he's doing that, a spear comes from out of nowhere and hits him square in the chest. Yeah, now... I tell you, man, that really shocked me because at first I'm thinking, well, where did that spear go? It went into his chest. Like, it stuck him. Yeah, you're not going to kill me? Crew sapiods practice catch and release. We respect life above all else. That's why we hunt. Oh, thank God. You were excellent prey, but I do have notes. So Boimler's on his back. He doesn't seem to be mortally wounded because he's like, oh, my God, you know, he's still conscious and all that. But, I mean, for God's sake, it looks to me like if there's a spear in your chest, that means this guy really wants to kill you. And Cranch pulls out another thing that looks like a weapon, but it wasn't. Yep, it's a selfie stick. <laughs> yeah, selfie stick. So he takes a selfie with his quote-unquote prey. And then he's like, thanks, that was great. <laughs> he's like, what? But clearly he's injured. So it's not like he's, uh, it was fake. I mean, he's bleeding and, and about to pass out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and <laughs> go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. I just I just wanted to say one other thing. Um, Cranch delivered two of my favorite lines. The mimosa was great. But then he goes, listen, you were excellent prey, but I do have notes, which I thought was just one of the best comedic lines delivered. I, I just loved it so much. It was just so meta Hollywood, and I, I don't know. It was just fantastic. Yeah, that was totally cool. And he basically tells Bormler that they believe in catch and release. I mean, basically, yeah. he's a fish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Now we know what the prey uh, was. He, he's just catching them and sending them out and letting them go. Sorry I'm late. Had to make a quick trip to the little commander's room. No biggie. I've just been waiting here the whole time. This is going to sound crazy, Mariner, but since we don't have a shuttle and the elevator still won't descend, we're going to have to skydive down. Oh, wow, that's a wild plan, sir. It's wild. I know, but if we hurry, we can make it in time. So, of course, we go back to B-Story, um, and Mariner has climbed all the way back to the top deck. Um, and she, I, I love the, the cartoon, uh, not the cartoon, I should say, I love how they draw her. She's just sweaty and her eyes are sullen and she's just exhausted and it was great. She looked terrible and it was awesome. Yeah, it was nice actually to see her knock down a peg, you know, yeah. And, yeah. and being humbled. I, I think that's that's what it is. Um, she yeah. was humbled um, for a change and I mean, and she's trying. She doesn't want to, yeah. you know, she doesn't want to blow it. Right, and because so, she could have uh, said, "She could have said, you can stick your apology in a sock, mister. I'm halfway down to the planet. But she didn't. She realized she still has to play by the rules. Yeah, which is refreshing and, and part of her new story arc. So I'm, 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 I'm really appreciative of that. But then Ransom's like, hey, we need to go down there and rescue these guys. So uh, we need to do a skydive. <laughs> She's like, yeah, okay, sounds good. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, and what was really funny was when they did the skydive, um, she was such a badass the first time, but she was passed out all the way down. She was asleep. Yeah. She was snoring on the way down. That was uh, that was just a really nice touch. We come to you, volcanic Lord Morgo, navel of the planet. We sacrifice these sinners in the name of Mendrick, our psychic baby leader, and his co-leader, 355, the sentient computer. Ooh, they weren't lying. This did get complicated. So they get down there, and now Rutherford and Andy are on some kind of lift, and they're being lifted into a volcano. And the volcano is actually sentient. 
<laughs> to yeah, so, so I, and I think it's Mariner who's like, okay, wait a second. A psychic baby, a crazy computer, and a volcano. Uh, I think we're overdoing this. <laughs> yeah, we're mixing Landrew. Uh, the baby yeah. is basically uh, probably an homage to Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Um, I can't think of um, the name of the title, but we've discussed this where they sacrifice a child. So it's, it's, it's a really... Well, that or... It could be it could be the original series when Clint Howard played that little young baby god. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. <laughs> so it's 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 a trip, but I, I love how they make fun of themselves. Yeah. Wait, I demand parlay. You live a health based way of life, correct? Yes, it is our highest calling. Then behold. <laughs> Your lava tubes are perfect. It's a ransom demands parlay. <laughs> and so he strips his clothes off and everybody's impressed, of course, because that's all he does right. is work on his physique. Yeah, that's right. So it's the perfect thing. Um, had he gone down in the first place, this never would have happened. He could have taken his shirt off. They would have loved it. But yeah, he saves the day with... with and it's really, you know, Mariner was the one who got him there. And I think... They work together as a team, finally, and I thought that was pretty good. I owe you an apology. I assume you'd be looking for ways to piss me off and flame out. I was wrong to push it. Thanks. I I really want to stay on the Cerritos. It was good work today, but this was just one day. Don't think it erased all the insubordination I've gotten from you in the past. Yep, yes, sir. Message received. So back on the ship, you know, Ransom requests to speak to Mariner, and he, go- he literally goes in and apologizes again. Um, for pushing and, and agrees that he was trying to push her buttons. Yeah, and in, in kind, Mariner admits back that look, she really wants to stay here, and suddenly Ransom turns the tables again, and he's like, okay, but today's good work doesn't erase all your past insubordination, and that tells us that this is going to be a long slog for these two, and it's going to be hysterical. Oh yeah, there's going to be a lot of back and forth, so I'm interested to see how this plays out across the season. So Ransom's a dick, and I hate him. Oh, sounds like today went well. I mean, he did keep me from getting dumped into lava. Hey, there he is. How's the shoulder? Dr. Tana says it'll probably always feel a little off, but it's fine. Ah, sorry. I kind of feel responsible since I was the one who told you to go against your plans. All those years of trying too hard never got me half the recognition that I got today. Plus nerve damage. Plans are officially out the airlock. I'm Bold Boimler from here on out. So, at the end of the episode, we're back where we started. They're sitting there at the board game again, and, um, you know, Mariner's complaining. She still thinks that Ransom's a dick. (laughs) Yeah, and responsible for everything that happened, of course, which... He was. It's true. It's, it's completely true. He is his, you know, trying to come down on Mariner. He just kept ignoring the engineers who shouldn't have been down there in the right. first place. Yeah. So it was his fault. And then uh, Boimler comes in and gives Tindy a huge hug. And, and I like that, too, because usually it's Tindy and Rutherford and Boimler and Mariner. This time... You know, they switched it up, and I thought that was great, too. And I like that little 
Yeah, from and Dynamic you know, so Boimler's excited. You know, he's he's had a great day, and he proclaims that he's now uh, again. I'm Bo Boimler, and you know, Tindy's like you know, yeah. moderation. He's like, no, nope, I'm into boldness. Nope. Yeah, and of course, the whole thing ends with Martok, <laughs> board game Martok, virtual right. Martok, uh, chastising Boimler because he made a mistake that got himself yeah. killed. and and of course. Um, he talks about expansion uh, packets for the game, and it might, I love it as it's going away. He's like, Ferengi black market tax not included. All sales fine. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it was the perfect way to end it. Uh, but uh, just a, just another terrific episode. And, and I, I mean, I just I love what these guys are. We're, you and I are so lucky that we started this podcast with Strange New Worlds and then got to dovetail right into Lower Decks because both these shows are just fantastic and so i'm having the time of my life with this and i I agree and i love the fact that this episode just kept me on my toes i didn't know how it was going to play out and uh it didn't disappoint in the end i mean the whole cranch situation was just amazing i agree and and to put that kind of what's going to happen next je ne sais quoi into a half hour comedy you know that's that's on the level of um of pulp fiction or the hangover you know what i mean like the hangover is not just a comedy it's a serious movie like there's some serious peril going on there um mixed in of course with a tremendous amount of comedy and i dare say that this show is kind of getting near to that level especially this episode it was great. yeah and and there's great character development and they're good there are constantly themes it, it just isn't a random vapid comedy i mean they're 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 points to everything that happens so well that ends this episode of energize a star trek lore decks podcast uh you can always catch us at www.energizepodcast.com that's plural energizepodcast.com we'll see you next week for episode three of lower decks i'm anthony mclemore i'm steve truitt live long and prosper (laughs) 